Hello, hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon. If you're on the best coast, that's the East Coast. If you're on that other coast, the West Coast, whatever, good morning. This is Paper Route. We made it to the end of the week, everybody. Well, the end of our week, a long weekend ahead of us. Labor Day, the end of summer. But if you're in Miami, it's never quite the end of summer. And that's exactly where we are. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. I got Brandon Marshall with me. We got Woo Out West. We got BC in the back. We got our entire social team holding it down for us all over the country, in the West Coast, in Dallas. Oh, no, Austin, Texas, right? Is it Texas? Is that? We're Shelly. We're Shelly? Yeah, so Shelly, Jazz, JP, all of them holding Where's it down. Austin, Texas at? Oh, you don't know where Austin, Texas? It's in Texas. I've never been to Austin. I heard it's beautiful. No, Austin, I've never been either, but I've heard it's a very cool city. It's very um like up and coming, young. Right. There's a lot of tech that's actually happening in Austin. Okay. They call it the Silicon Valley of the South. Yeah. There's a lot of tech companies and What's stuff the down big there. Festival they have there. South by Southwest. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, um, we have a really cool show for you guys today. A lot of news of the day. We're going to talk a little bit about Joe Montana saying Dan Marino is the GOAT. We were just watching him on the TV in the studio. We're also going to talk some oh. NBA news. Uh, the Colts GM made a very interesting uh, statement regarding the situation with Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson. We'll dive into that. And Joey B, Joe Burr is back. Back, Joe B. He back. made an appearance um yesterday at Bengals camp, um which is a good sign for Bengals fans, for NFL fans for that sure. Joey B should be locked and loaded and ready to go for week 1, which I'm sure everybody's very very excited about. But we're going to dive into news of the day. And first and foremost, shout out to the Nebraska women's volleyball team. They actually set a world record last night for the most fans at a sporting event. This was insane. Over 92,000 people came to watch the women's basketball, I'm sorry, the women's volleyball team compete in the stadium where the football team plays, it was absolutely incredible. The five-time NCAA champion Nebraska Huskers volleyball team. Um, they watched them take on Omaha. But this is an absolutely incredible moment for sports, but yep. specifically women's sports, because there's a lot of conversation about whether or not women's sports can bring out uh, the crowds, if it's profitable, do people care, are people going to watch and 92,000 92, came to watch. So. Listen, um, next year I'm going. I'm taking my little my little girl. Yeah. Ziggy's eight years old. Ziggy just started playing volleyball. Um, and it's amazing to see her mm -hmm. um, just develop and grow so fast. Tuesday we went to practice, and she was hitting balls like the nets behind her, her back to the net, hitting it over. And yeah. I think she's really going to enjoy this. Um, a few things that I want to note here, right? Like, obviously, this was a record for women's sports, mm -hmm. but they're, they're obviously it's a record for them um, as a volleyball program. Mm -hmm. Their biggest attendance before this mm -hmm. was 17,000. They've been working on this event for seven months. Mm -hmm. Tickets went on sale in April, and within three days, they sold 82,000. Mm -hmm. So this is a big deal. Um you know, there was four teams in the state that all came together to mm -hmm. play. And um, it just shows the power of of sports. And it shows how uh, awesome women's sports can be if we're creative. Like, 
I, you know, we talk about not equality. just creative, but if you're supportive. Well, well, I would say this. I, I kind of I push back there a little bit. I'm not gonna go all the way, Dr- Draymond Green, uh, but you know, if you put a, bas- a men's basketball, men's volleyball game out there, and a women's volleyball game out there, right? Naturally, not naturally, but more people gravitate to the men's uh, uh, is going to gravitate to the men's game. And so for us really? to get it, yeah. 100%. Men's volleyball over women's volleyball? Well, we can do men's golf, women's golf, uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. You know, the numbers show that obviously there's more people supporting and engaging uh, our, our male athletes and our, our male sports, right? Men's sports. And to, to bridge that gap, you know, we can go out here all we want and say, you know, support, support, support. Well, I don't know if that's going to bridge the gap, but will what but will but what will bridge the gap is being creative. They were creative. They worked on this event for 7 months and you saw the outcome and once you do that and you get more eyeballs on the game and people are like, "Oh, this is dope," then you're going to actually grow your viewership and your audience. So maybe, you know, 20,000 of this 90,000 will continue to support uh volleyball in this region or hopefully national. Well, I'm extremely excited about this. This was very cool. Um, as somebody who played volleyball, you know, throughout her life, this was extremely dope. I wish I had the opportunity when I was playing in school to play in front of a crowd this massive. It would have been super cool. It just would have been so exhilarating. Um, but just just an incredible moment for women's sports, for the Nebraska Huskers, just overall um, you know, support women's sports, keep supporting, keep watching, keep growing. And um, I'm just excited to see where women's sports as a whole continues to to this, develop and get into this event. This event will um, will also impact all of sports, whether it's uh, men or women. It doesn't matter. Um, this shows this is this was an event. That's what this was. And so I I, I can envision uh, colleges, college football programs, or NFL teams, NBA teams looking at how they p- pulled this off because you have you have some teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars that may only have 40,000 50,000 people in attendance in the audience so I, I I can see this being a case study for other teams other leagues um, around the world because this was huge absolutely amazing All right, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we have some NBA news. NBA referee Eric Lewis officially announces his retirement. Now, via an NBA communications memo that went out yesterday. Why is this news? I'll tell you in a second. Via an NBA communications memo that went out yesterday, Eric Lewis informed the league that he is retiring effective immediately. Now, if you're like Brandon and you want to know why this is news, this is the same referee that the NBA was investigating because of his burner account that he used to defend himself and also support the Boston Celtics. Now, the announcement follows the league's discovery of this said burner account. Um, and now that he is retiring, the investigation is officially closed. Okay, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. There's some 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 messy stuff going on. Now, before we dive into this, if you remember, um, this is the same referee who Pat, Pat Bev um, famously showed the, the camera to in the middle of an NBA game because he missed the call. And Pat Bev <laughs> was... Um, This was actually during the game where the Lakers lost after one of the more egregious non-calls ever on LeBron James. I don't know if we have that clip. 
But Pat Bev actually took one of the photographer's cameras to show <laughs> that it was a foul on LeBron. Here it is. Look, look, check this out. Here's Pat Bev walking over to Eric Lewis. Said, are you blind? Can you not see? <laughs> I gave him, he teed him up. He teed him up. And he teed him up. <laughs> So what? So what's happening here, Ashley? Or, or, and I believe I, if I if my eyes look correctly, maybe I could be wrong. Uh, JP, somebody fact check me. Was wow. that against the Boston Celtics or Yo. were those the Bucks? I can't. I couldn't see. Oh, I, I'm thinking goodness. that was the Celtics. Why does that matter though? Well, because Eric Lewis. Um, oh, it was okay. It was against the Boston Celtics. It matters because also in Eric Lewis's burner account, outside of defending himself. He and his family are avid Boston Celtics fans. Ah. So it was a conspiracy. It was in TD Garden, the Boston Celtics. It was one of the most egregious oh, non-calls on LeBron James that I personally have ever seen on a player. Oh, and it all kind of intertwines. Is this the game? Oh, so LeBron's on his knees. Is this the one where everybody was making fun of LeBron, how he was acting? Yeah, but this 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 though was this though was legitimate because it was an egregious, just right. disrespectful non-call on LeBron. And then we've come to find out that Eric Lewis has has a burner account. Okay. He is also a Boston Celtics fan. It um it just it so kind of. So you think he was? You think he was uh, throwing games? Is it is it that bad? I can't confirm nor deny. I don't know if he was betting, but I think that whenever you're a fan of a team, subconsciously, you may see things a little bit differently than if you weren't a fan. For example, I'll call it what it is. When I watch Knicks games, sometimes I'll say, that's a foul, ref. And it may or may not have been a foul, but I want the dramatic. call. I want the call. When you are a fan, you're 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 yeah. Your sight is a little bit skewed sometimes, which is why a referee should not be a openly right. just fan of a team. And Eric Lewis clearly is a diehard Boston so, Celtics fan, and it showed in his officiating at times. So what you said, the announcement followed the discovery of the league's investigation, right, of his social media activity, his burner. Um, I think this is a big deal. You know, you, you, you obviously see what's happening in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It seems like every three months there's some, there's a group of guys being suspended for uh, months or if not a year. You saw that in Calvin Ridley for their activity in the betting world. You just saw it recently and at the college football level. And so the NBA, they've had situations like this in the past. Mm -hmm. um, uh, NCAA, uh, men's basketball, they've had these situations in the past. Now gambling is at the forefront of sports. We're talking about it all the time. It's big business. The leagues are embracing it. And so it, it seems like, it, it, it feels like, actually, this is more than him just being a fan. And he probably was doing some stuff that's probably going to get him maybe even some jail time. That might sound extreme, but he's not going to get jail time. He retired. He's no, they closed the investigation. Is, I think. I think. Uh, haven't we seen that in the past? And at yeah, the, at but the college level where it's true, we have. But the difference is, is those guys were active referees. Eric Lewis is retired. He announced his retirement, which closes the investigation. Which means the league is not is not investigating his burner account or whatever activity they think may have been linked to that burner account because he's no longer in the oh, NBA. So he no longer no he will no longer be officiating games. But I think listen, we see referees 
in all sports make calls sometimes that are like, what the hell, which is one of the reasons why I think across the board, there have been rules that have been added from season to season to kind of take less of the responsibility away from referees when it comes to deciding the outcomes of games, because we have seen time and time again that the judgment or lack thereof of a referee can be game deciding Mm -hmm. and, and season ending. For this example, this was a game deciding non-call on the Lakers. So it's problematic in that sense. And that's why I think that the league has zero tolerance for, you know, burner accounts or even just the the potential of somebody throwing games. I I hear you, but I hear you. It seems like they don't want to really, they don't really want this investigation because they might They were investigating him though. But I'm saying like for, for them to just say, okay, now it's over. Like, what else did you find? It's almost like what happened with the commanders and, and when they start doing investigation there and they start finding uh, uh, Coach Gruden and so many other things start coming up. Does the NBA really want to unpack this? Like, listen, gambling is big. Throwing games and doing all of that stuff, cheating, that's a real thing. And and, and that could lead, that could really tarnish uh, uh, a team, that could really tarnish um, a league. I just think there's more to it. Of course there's more to it. But there's more to it. Of course there's more to it. The man retired to avoid the investigation. He's not dumb. Like he knew what he was doing. What other referees are doing this? What other what other referees are involved in this? That's what I want to know. That's we're 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 going into a whole different can of worms. But Eric Lewis said investigation or retire and keep my pension. I'm gonna go with option two. So enjoy He gets his pension? He retired. So yeah. Oh my goodness! He, the NBA's involved. He so no conspiracy. He, the man wasn't. The man saw his options and <laughs> picked the one that was going to go ahead and be most beneficial. He retired. Will no longer work in the yeah. NBA. He's removed from the situation. The league closes the investigation. He can go enjoy retirement and his burner account in Turks and Caicos. Enjoy retirement, Eric Lewis. That's crazy. Um, you know who's happy he didn't retire. Aaron Rodgers, because he is outside, outside, and he is talking real spicy. Listen, a clip from this season of HBO's Hard Knocks, which obviously has been following the New York Jets, has gone viral on social media. And before we play the clip, let me just tee it up for you. It shows footage of Aaron Rodgers during the Jets-Giants preseason game where Jahad Ward committed a late hit on the QB, to which Rodgers responded, quote, Show some respect, bro. I don't even know who you are. And then he threw a touchdown. Roll the footage. We got it. Bootleg out to the left, flipping it left. McCall Hardman. Bro, show some respect, bro. All right. He said, show some respect, bro. I don't even know who you are. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is like a a, a phoenix that has risen from the ashes. Right. You know, when he was in Green Bay, it kind of looked like it was it was over for him. Not over, but it just looked like he was a shell of the Aaron Rodgers that we've come to be accustomed to. It looked like he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Physically, he didn't look in the best of shape. His hair was all scraggly. He just kind of was dragging himself. He, scraggly. Now, he looks a lot better. One to ten what you giving him. I think Aaron Rodgers right now is like a solid eight. Like he looks eight. good. You date him? I feel like I don't go that far, but like, like he. Well, you put him. Who's who's better looking, Jimmy G? Because you. Oh, Jimmy about- G is the Italian stallion. You know, I'm going Jimmy Garoppolo all day, every day. But um, I will say that 
he looks good physically. I think he's in the best shape we've seen him in. He looks healthier. He looks alert. He just looks happy to be there. But I mean, this this is I like this. Has anyone ever told you that? I don't know. He who, did. Aaron Rodgers said that he, to you. Like basically, listen. I've had my cla- I had I've had uh, some classic battles with Aaron Rodgers when I was playing for the Dolphins uh, in 2010. That was the year they won the Super Bowl. We went up okay. uh, to Lambeau Field and we beat them. And we were we were a decent team. We were in a great team. And so I was I had that experience to seeing him seeing him do what he does on the field, but also trash talk. He he's not a loud trash talker. He just he like pokes at you. He'll just give you this little subtle little little little, little push. Um, and it's really when you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, or if you're trying him. Mm-hmm. And then obviously playing for the Chicago Bears, that was a rival, a rivalry, uh, a game for us, and and that was probably one of the biggest rivalries in, in sports. So like we had some classic battles. You heard him say. Uh, in the past, he owns the Chicago Bears, so this doesn't surprise me. Um, but I saw it the time that where I really realized how true he was, how real he was, was a couple of months ago at the seven on seven tournament. Remember, I told you the flag football. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I was emceeing it with Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer's brother. All right, so we're emceeing the whole seven on seven. You got Josh Allen on this side, mm-hmm. you got Ritter on this side, you got all these legendary quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers you know, quarterbacking their own teams. So I'm talking trash, talking trash. Everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. I end up saying, you know what? Forget this. Let me go play. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play against Aaron Rodgers. So I went to the safety uh, on the opposing team. Mm-hmm. So now Aaron Rodgers went from, this is a true story. Aaron Rodgers went from dominating uh, uh, this this team to now we're like in a really close match. T.O.'s on this team as well, Ashley. And the beef is at its, at its all-time high with me and T.O., so we're playing against T.O. and Aaron Rodgers. Our team starts coming back, and I'm talking trash, the same trash I've been talking. And then Aaron Rodgers stops, and he says, he starts he starts walking up to me, gets in my face, and I'm like, see, that's why you ain't make the playoffs. That's why you never <laughs> made the playoffs. Uh-huh. And, he, and I started laughing. I said, oh, my goodness, you starting to get serious? Did you, you laugh so you wouldn't cry? Huh? No, well, <laughs> kind of. So I saw that. Actually, I, I did a little exercise today. Mm-hmm. Okay, not working out here. I did another exercise. When I saw this, I said, let me look up um, who has said this before. Because I've been in games. I think Jay Cutler has said this. I have said this. Like, this is like one of the most disrespectful things you can say, you know, uh, in sport when you're trash talking. Because you're basically saying, like, man, we don't know you're nobody. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I looked it up. And this article from Bleacher Report in 2011 uh, uh, popped up. And it said, Smack Talk, the 20 best trash talkers in sports history. You know who's uh, number one? Aaron Rodgers. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> oh, you know I could see that. Two? Shannon Sharp. Really? You know who's number three? Mark Cuban. You know Mark who's number Cuban. four. Look who's number four, Ashley. Brandon Mark- Marshall. <laughs> it says Brandon Marshall didn't have a lot, lot to, lot to. What to say? A lot to trash talk about. Damn, season, that was. But ouch. In other, in, what? Hold Let on. me read in this. In other thirteen hundred yard years. There was plenty smack talk to go around. Marshall says a lot of his trash talk for after the game, mainly keeping a, sli- a silent demeanor during it. Uh, most famous trash talk directed to Joey Porter. All those muscles are popcorn muscles. He's soft. He's in nightclubs dancing with his shirt off like a girl or in the playground getting beat, wow. up, in, getting beat up in the back in California. Wow. So wow. I-, I was shocked that they had me at four. I'm. I, uh, you're shocked that they had you at four. That synopsis is crazy <laughs> is that can i see that is that real let me i'm gonna verify this that he this didn't add real. any sauce to this look real 
No, no, no. I'm trying to see if this is. Oh, no. They actually wrote this. They wrote wow. this. <laughs> Popcorn muscles. That's, um. I was shocked because I'm trying Who to. Who did like, you how piss off add... at Bleacher Report? Well, no, no. They're saying I'm top four. This is, you got <laughs> Shannon Sharp. You got Damn. Shaquille O'Neal, number one. You got Shannon Sharp, number two. We've saw all that. You know, call the National Mark Guard. Mark Cuban, though. Mark Cuban and then me. Well, Mark Cuban sitting courtside. But when... he's not an athlete. I know. I was just shocked. I was trying to add a little color to this because I, what I was looking for was other athletes that made this statement before because there's so many athletes that do it. But okay. When you do it, it's so disrespectful. And so this is what popped up, and I was kind of shocked. Top four? I didn't talk trash. Nah. Oh, see, look, 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 look. That was the event right there. They pulled that up. Look at our yeah, team. Yeah, that looks our team like is so great. That look looks like the. It looks like you're laughing to keep from crying. No, this was when your idols interview. become your rivals. You know. No, it was cool because you know, this is my first time really being in an intimate setting with a Rod, and I also had some very like um, colorful um, statements uh, regarding him and the Packers. Right, like I'm mm -hmm. like you guys underperformed. And Aaron Rodgers need to do better. All the stuff that you said, like, how are you treating your teammates? Why aren't you showing up and helping these young guys develop? And he sees everything, watches everything. So I was, uh, it was uncomfortable for me in a setting because I'm like, yo, this dude probably doesn't like me. So how I broke the ice Spicy. in front of a, a packed house, there's people in the stands. What I did was I said, my number one goal, guys, before we get started here, I said, I just want you guys to know my number one goal uh, before the day ends is getting Aaron Rodgers to smile. Right, and so he had those That's shades. That's kind on. of a smile. No, no, this is this is before this. Oh, this is how we got close. So I, I made that statement. Everybody start laughing, and Aaron Rodgers looks over at me, and he just lifts up his his glass and starts cracking up. I was like, <laughs> I got him, I got him, I got him. And after that moment, I just start going in on him, right? And so we got to this moment. I interviewed him, and that was cool. So. I love that. Well, we're going to move on to something a little bit more um, serious, but I think definitely um, groundbreaking in the same sense. President Biden, the Biden and Harris administration is recommending that the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, reclassifies marijuana as a lower risk drug, which would move it out of the same category as other drugs such as LSD, ecstasy, heroin. They're recommending that the DEA remove cannabis from a schedule one to a schedule three drug, saying, quote, President Biden is effectively declaring an end to Nixon's failed war on cannabis and placing the nation on a trajectory to end prohibition. Now, um, marijuana was um, listed as a schedule one drug during the Nixon administration. So this is a monumental uh, proposal. And if approved, it would mean the another step towards decriminalizing marijuana. Now, currently 23 states now allow anyone at least 21 years old to legally possess the drug, while 38 states have established medical marijuana programs. Brandon, this is a big yeah. deal. You know, yeah. weed has locked up a lot of people in inner cities, unfortunately, mostly of the black community. Mm -hmm. um, as we are continuing steps into legalizing marijuana across the country, it's time that our legislative kind of catches up as well with the decriminalization of it. This is a big deal if this is approved. Yeah, 100%. Um, there's a lot to this. One of the reasons why it's taking so long mm -hmm. is because we got to understand the business surrounding uh, the criminal justice system and also um, just the, the, the penitentiary uh, system, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the business around that. The mic's right here. 
Um, so, um, sorry guys. Uh, so, a lot of people don't understand that there's so many corporations. There's so our our government is making so much money off of our community. Mm-hmm. You know, you get locked up. You know, you get free labor. These dudes are making uh, two, three cents, four cents to create license plates and create the signs that we see, you know, as we're driving, um, you know, manufacturing different things. So we got to understand that. Um, and that's why it's taken so long. I was watching ne- a Netflix series last night, uh, Swamp Kings, mm-hmm. covering the Florida Gators. Um, and I'll bring these two together. And there was they were telling a story about this this young man. It was the Urban Meyer era, where this this young running back, I forget his first name, but his last name was Brown, short dude. And uh, they start getting in trouble after they won their first national championship. He's everybody's getting in trouble. Everybody's getting arrested. And he tells a story about going to purchase a twenty bag of uh, of weed, like a you know a bag of weed that cost twenty bucks, right? And uh, he got arrested, and he's sitting in a jail, and he's like. 24 hours wide open, like awake, not blinking. And all he kept thinking about was being cut or sent home. Right. And so now you fast forward to where we're at and everything that you said, how many states were, how many states now legalized it uh, from uh, just 23 a, states, currently. 23. And then from a medical standpoint, boom. And, and it's like, man, all the challenges and uh, families that we've uh, of hurt and, and broken off of fucking a plant is unbelievable. And, and it continues to this day. So I, I, I don't know if I brought these things together, but when I saw that this was in a show, I literally thought about the show that I watched last night. I'm like, damn, this kid was sitting there in a jail and so anxious and so scared mm-hmm. over a 20 bag of weed, a bag that cost 20, $20, 20 ounce. Is that um, what it's called? You see, I'm I'm, I'm struggling. Twenty right? ounce. Like, is it a nickel? They still do nickel bags and nickel bags, dime bags. It's it, it <laughs> it called a twenty ounce. Twenty piece. Twenty, 20 piece. ounce. I don't, I don't know. know. It depends. It depends on where you're from. But um, no. But this is also a big deal. Also because listen, like I said, twenty three states have currently um allowed and and marijuana to be legally possessed by anyone 21 years and older which also though you know we see states you know (laughs) we see states we see states like california and denver and and other states new york new jersey now that actually have dispensaries this is also going to go ahead and um you know help to broaden the way of making it legal across the country which then helps to expand dispensaries to expand um you know the business side the commercial side of marijuana Mm -hmm. so 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 um you know who um has suffered the most is us right and now you go legalize it okay and who's benefiting the most off of it now is who them so you have you have guys like um um uh viola um Best, what's Alan name? Iverson and Al Harrington. Al Harrington. Mm-hmm. Al Harrington is someone that's doing some amazing things with legislation and doing amazing things in this in this space, but we're we're not rep, we're not we we're not uh, rep, we don't have any representation really uh, at that level. So we suffered the most, and now we're benefiting the least now that it is legal and there's big business around it. They they compare this 
uh, marijuana, this cannabis industry uh, to the dot com boom. Like there was millionaires made overnight that it's like a once in a generational uh, uh, type of opportunity when you talk about investment. And it's the same thing here. Now it's happening in Web3. So this is the third thing. And so hopefully there's more people out there like us that will benefit from, you know, all the opportunities now. Everyone in the chat's laughing at me because 20 ounce is not what it's called. I don't know what, is it? what it, I don't know. I think 20. the only terminology I know is like a dime piece. I think there's I knew it's nickel, an, but I, there's I was a nickel. To say that. There's an eighth. That's what he was getting because they said and 28. So his eighth was a 20. Is 20, is 20, is 20 worth a dub? Is that what it's called? I think. No, the eighth is worth a, a dub because when he because what I was trying to say, and I probably confused people, I was trying to tell this story, but the running back went to go pick up like a. Uh, eighth of weed, which was twenty dollars, and he got it. He got arrested, obviously, and that was the time back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, obviously. But now it's nothing. I don't know. I I what are they saying? saying? Dime piece. There, I know dime piece. I know that. I know an eighth. How much for a three point five? I don't know none of this. Uh, a dub. Yeah, a dub. a dub. That's what I. That's what a I said. A, it's called a dub sack, right? Ash picking up a light twenty zips. <laughs> I've act, I've never bought weed in my life, so I don't know like what I've never like. That's... I feel like if I smoke, I feel like I I would probably still be playing if I had a, a healthy relationship with marijuana and cannabis. I really do, you know. Like I, it was always like the stigma around it. It was frowned upon, and you know, I gave my life to Christ uh, back when I was playing for the Dolphins. So like even that came into play from a spiritual uh, standpoint. But when you really understand cannabis and all the benefits around it, um, it helps with anxiety. It helps with recovery, like literally. So physically, mentally, there's so many benefits. Um, I wish I embraced it when I was playing. I had dudes smoking all the time. And it was like, damn, I'm recovering. This is my form of recovery. Mm-hmm. The so. chat's like, Ashley's a weed virgin. I didn't say that. I just said I've never bought any. So what are you saying? Tell the people. What are you saying? I've never bought any. What does that mean? <laughs> I've never had to buy any. Like I don't know how to so, buy. I've so, never bought any. So have you smoked? I can't. I can't <laughs> confirm nor deny. I've just never bought any. Um, <laughs> I I don't know what that is. Um, can't confirm nor deny. Not on this show. Not here. Anyway, um, we're gonna close out news of the day with some news about DJ Khaled. He is opening for Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour when she stops in California. IA. Listen, DJ Khaled revealed that he will be opening for Beyonce September 1st and 2nd. That what is Beyonce tom- got on. Um, I don't know, a jeweled something or another. Oof. So September 1st and September 2nd, which is tomorrow and Saturday in Inglewood, California. Now, previously, um, she... DJ Khaled opened for the North American leg tour of the On The Run 2 tour, which Beyonce did with her husband, Jay-Z. I was actually at that tour. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, Yeah, this is cool. I mean, Beyonce hasn't had an opening act this entire tour. Her and DJ Khaled have a great relationship. Obviously, Rock Nation, We The Best, Def Jam, they're all basically family. Um, Lenny S, that connection. I didn't think she needed an opening act, but I don't think it hurts. You know, DJ Khaled is yeah. L.A. It is going to be, you know, a lot of stars in the building. So maybe that's why. Um, that was the first thing that came to mind for me was why. You know it's, probably I mean? like, of it's, Beyonce, it's probably because it's California. She, she never has. Have no, she acts. has. 
Really? Yeah, I've been to a bunch of her tours. She, Mrs. Carter's tour, she had Luke James. On the run tour, she had um, DJ Khaled. What's the strategy you think behind it? It's California. It, is it every show? No. So she hasn't had an opening act this entire show. I think it's because it's LA and it's like the celebrities right. and everyone's going to be there. They want, I guess they maybe they want them to be entertained while they're waiting. I don't know, but he will be there for just for the LA tour. When 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 is this? You Tomorrow said? and Saturday. Oh, okay. 50 Cent just performed also. Um, Somebody told me that DJ Khaled has an album coming out, so it could be part of the rollout. Interesting. Yeah. I love how they support each other and work together. Um, why haven't you brought up 50 Cent? You want to talk about Beyonce and DJ Khaled? 50 Cent's on a, I forget is the name of his tour. He he just played in. Uh, he LA. is on a tour. He um, performed, I think, last night in LA, and he hit a, a fan in the head with the microphone. What? He was upset. I had no clue about this he, weapon. He threw his microphone and it ricocheted and hit a fan in the head. So he didn't throw it at a fan. Oh. He threw his mic and it ricocheted and, and hit but a why fan. Why did he throw his mic? He was upset about something. Like the sound, like, like a Cardi B moment? Um, I don't know. It was called, It's called the Final Lap Tour. Um, he, I don't know why he threw his mic, but he threw his mic and it, it ricocheted off of somebody. Can right. somebody, I don't know why, maybe we can get that video um, by the end of the show and, and we can put it in there, but... Yeah, he just, um, boom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> boom. <laughs> yeah. So oh, there's man. that. Um, all right, so we're going to dive into some M NFL news. Yeah. So that concludes news of the day. Thank you very much. Joey B, Joe Bird, Joe Ice, whatever you want to call him. I like to just call him Joey, Joey, Joey B. Um, he returned to practice with his helmet and shoulder pads on yesterday for the first time in a month. Now, if you remember, Joe Burrow sustained a calf injury earlier in training camp. Um, we have the video of him walking into practice with um, Did he get a fully dressed. Ovation? There he is, number nine. He's back. He, why he put the MJ sleeve on his leg? He should have <laughs> did that. Right? Uh, I look. I'm surprised he didn't have the MJ sleeve on. He probably got a standing ovation from, you know, everybody that was there. Probably just his teammates. And mm -hmm. I say that because the fans, it's probably no, you know, it's not open practice anymore. We're past that phase. Uh, but his teammates are like, yes, Joe Shiesty. Yes, he's back. And it, and it's it's because it's like without him. If you look at these first couple games, Ashley. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's going to be tough sledding. Well, you speak about his teammates, and we have some sound bites from two of the guys he, he knows pretty well. Um, wide receiver T. Higgins said Burrow's return it gave the Bengals, quote, See? extra juice on Wednesday. Take a look at this. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you know, just excited to get the uh, you know, season back going. Uh, um, you know, a lot of high hopes for this team. I know the guys in the locker room is feeling the same way and just ready to go play. I know how much Joe means, you know how much he means. Just him being back out there with you guys. What goes through your head when you see that? Yeah, man. Uh, I definitely feel like it gave the guys some extra juice, you know, just to go out there and just show them that, that we've been working hard, even though he's been, uh, you know, getting treated up. You know, um, we wanted to show him that there's nothing. We ain't leave off nothing. You know, we we still at the same spot we we was when he when he first got hurt. So, it's about the same. I mean, at the end of the day, we out there receivers out there to do our job. You know, uh, every, that's everybody. And um, just seeing him back out there, I mean, just makes our job easy. You know? He said he said he was like, "What's up, guys?" Well, He's like, "What's up, guys? How's it going?" And, and then, then called the play, <laughs> right back to business. 
All right, but that wasn't the only teammate who had something to say. Wide receiver Jamar Chase said he had, quote, no idea Joe Burrow was even returning to practice. And when he saw him with pads on, he said, what the hell are you doing? Listen to this one. Slowly, it's slowly happening. Um, starting to feel more dialed in. Locker room's getting a little smaller, so that's a little more time. Was today part of a plan, or when did you find out that Joe was going to come back today? Uh, I found out when I got on the field. Matter of oh. fact, I found out when I watched him put his gear on. I was like, what's he doing? And I seen him walk through today, too, so that was another thing. You know, I, I didn't think he was practicing. So he, that was his first walk through today? No. It was his first participation walk through. How about that? Okay, all right. So, I mean, listen, you hear from two of his wide receivers. One is extremely, both obviously very excited that right. he's back. Obviously, Jamar Chase had no idea. T. Higgins said it gave the offense, just the entire team, the extra juice that they needed. I mean, Brandon, this is big. Joe Burrow's missed a month. We are about a week out and a couple of days from the start of the NFL season. Having your quarterback, your QB1, your franchise guy, walk into practice Helmet on, pads on, ready to go. Got to feel good. You yeah. got to feel confident going into week one. What does that do it's, for a wide receiver? It's, I mean, it's everything. And he said it, you know, it gave us juice. Because the reality is when you have a backup quarterback, uh, let's, 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 let's go into the, the psyche, the mind of a general manager and a head coach. We're bringing in a gap that can hold, that can man the ship for a few games. If our quarterback goes down for four or five games, can we win two can we potentially get three? Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking at, right? And so with this particular team, this particular team has already made it there, right? They are trying to get over that hump and become champions. It's I wouldn't say it's Super Bowl or bust, but their uh, goals is, is, is Super Bowl. They're real contenders. And when you look at their schedule, Ashley, the first four, four games, it's, there's no pushover. You're opening up the season in a division. Mm -hmm. You have... Uh, 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 Cleveland, you're at Cleveland. Okay. Cleveland going to be tough. Hello, hello, wake up, football world. Stop overlooking the Cleveland Browns. They're going to be tough. Back to the to the schedule. They're at Cleveland, Ashley. Then they go to then Baltimore comes to them. Mm -hmm. Lamar, mm -hmm. new high power offense, throwing it around, still going to be able to run defensively. Ah, will they be the Ray Lewis defense? Probably not. But Lamar Jackson. And the Baltimore Ravens can win this division. And then you, you, you're you in L.A. You play mm -hmm. against the Rams. Now, they nah. should beat the Rams. They should beat the yeah, Rams. But for sure. come on now. Come on now. I mean, you still got Aaron Donald yeah, yeah, on the other side of that you line. you got Matthew Stafford. You still got Matthew Stafford. You still got Cooper Cup. And you still got the baby boy wonder, Coach McVay. Okay? So we ain't going to overlook them. And also the Tennessee Titans. Hello, hello, football world. Don't forget about the Tennessee Titans. Ashley has the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, winning the division. Yes. I have the Tennessee Titans winning the division and being a black, uh, the black horse of the NFL. So these first four games, you know, you need him out there because – we have seen year after year teams miss the playoffs or get in the playoffs by one game, right? Mm -hmm. And then look at the division the last 10 years. You had the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers running division, but it's back and forth. It's by one or two games. And now you have the Cincinnati Bengals who won a division the last two years, year 2022, uh, 2021. And so they're now the kings, I would say, of the division, but it ain't sweet. So they need him out there, and I can see why they're the you know T Higgins responded the way he did. 
Well, can we go back to the first video of Joe Burrow walking in to practice with his pads and his helmet? I want to go ahead and how does his walk look to you? Listen, it was a calf injury. It left him out for about a month. Obviously, we're not doctors, so we can't armchair diagnose, but just yeah. athlete to athlete, how do you feel that he's he's walking considering the injury that he did sustain earlier in training camp? Listen, if you go back to uh, uh, he Joe Burrow walks funny, uh, uh, period, healthy or not. He, he, he has like a, a certain type of a gait, a certain type of swagger. And a lot of these quarterbacks walk uh, ugly. What do you Tom mean? Tom Brady, like, like he walked like a giraffe. Like you ever seen Tom Brady walk out and his legs just flaring all over the place? <laughs> these dudes aren't athletes. Now, if this was a wide receiver, I'd be like, ah, oh, something's going off on his right leg. You know, I can look at it, be like, gates off a little bit. But Joey Cool. This is how he normally walks. I don't think I don't think there's any problem, and I don't think the team will put him in position or put the team in position to hurt him even more. And you got to think this is contract year too, so there's a lot going on. He wouldn't go out there if he wasn't if he wasn't ready to go. For sure. I mean, it's definitely interesting because you have some people in the chat saying it looks like he's walking with a limp. I didn't see a limp. If, if, I wish there was footage. There was one, but it was actually after um, he hurt himself. He came out to practice. And the way he was walking, it was like, I was looking, it was like, this is like Tom Brady, just like a, a baby I've giraffe. actually never, like, really analyzed, like, a quarterback's walk. Now I'm going to do that every time I see them, like, this walk. This all the I've guys. Seen, I've seen, like, Dak walk at Radio Row. I don't think he has a weird walk. Like, I think no, he walks I'm not normal. just saying court. Like, yeah, it's just, here's, like here's Tua, the deal. Like, Tua, I didn't think this Tua walked weird. Like, this is why I say that, because I don't really look at quarterbacks as athletes like that. I look at them as skill players mm -hmm. skill like golf golf you have a skill you have this routine you have the same approach that's what the quarterbacks are working on okay uh my three-step drop my five-step drop my seven-step drop where's the ball placement how am i falling through like they're like a, they're like golfers to me and listen maybe too much information i saw somebody jabril um jabril's uh that's in the chat all yes here no jabril jabril yes here. i said something like going all in yeah i said i'm all i'm going i then i start going all in on on uh on aaron Rodgers, and he thought it was a pause moment this might be another pause moment but anyways in a locker room you know dudes take off their clothes and 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 like i was shocked probably about like year two i'm like why does all of our quarterbacks look so terrible like saggy i was about to say Saggy up here, you know, no no definition, no muscle definition, like just bad because they don't work out the way we work out. It's all about rotational power. It's all about just is okay. your shoulder strong. Got so it. These quarterbacks so they got no they skip chest body. day. Basically, what I'm saying is these quarterbacks are bad body, bad body, bad body. You think that's still true? Have you ever seen a quarterback walk walk off the practice field with his shirt off? We've seen moments where it's. Uh, 10 degrees or, or five below zero. And so now you got everybody with their shirts off trying to be tough. Have you ever seen a quarterback in that situation? We never do. Have you ever walked in a locker room or maybe or seen the press conferences where they're in a locker room and what you see, uh, the quarterbacks are already Kirk covered Kirk Cousins up. walks around with his Kirk shirt Cousins, off. Kirk Cousins did it. Kirk Ryan Rangers Fitzpatrick are, did a, it. And look at Ryan Fitzy was looking terrible. <laughs> and that's my guy. But you, you're right. Kirk Cousins looked good. 
But think about those guys that got all those muscles. They they can't have all those muscles, Ashley. They need to be able to rotate. They need. What to do be you able mean? To... Jalen Hurts is in great shape. Dax in great they're, shape. I'm not saying they're in bad shape. No, but they're not they're bad body. They have when you, muscles, when, six pack. Russell yes. Wilson walks around with his shirt off all the time in the off season. Yes, and he what? He just lost twenty pounds too, right? But what I'm saying is, is, is Cam Newton used to do it. Here's here. Listen, when when you think of a football player, we think of like these big muscular guys are very cut in depending on the position it's 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 rare that we see a quarterback like that they can't be like that that, that they, their their thing is let's not be stiff i got to be as mobile as possible tom brady's starting to look better compare tom brady on the boat recently and who is this girl he's dating I don't Sorry, know people's business. Yeah, I don't know. Do. No, Who's I don't. Model? I, in a, in a I don't know if he's dating her. I don't I don't know. He was on the like, top list of vacation recently. She was just in Italy that, with, with Bradley her Cooper. with her baby daddy. That's her baby daddy. What is going on? What I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know people's business. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. But he looked amazing. He looked cut. He's starting to put on more muscle. He's not as I don't know if he's But Tom Brady's always been in great shape, though. He's been in great shape, but he didn't he don't look like no uh he don't I'm trying like to no, go through uh, a list of quarterbacks in Ray my Lewis, head, and maybe like once upon a time, Roethlisberger. I feel like maybe once upon a time that was true, Peyton but like, Manning. okay, Peyton's different, Eli's different, but like, think about like a Lamar, Keep think going. about like a Cam Newton, think about a Jalen Hurts, think s- about they're all in, they all have, they're they may not be walking around with their say, shirts Daniels? off. What'd you say, Jalen Hurts, and who else? I said Lamar Jackson. And who else? I said Cam Newton. They, 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 don't, they, they got that blood in them. They, 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 they got that blood oh, my God. They actually, they <laughs> act like, I didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they come out the bait. They come out the womb looking like that. Oh, <laughs> my God. You name us from Pompano. You name some boys from the nowhere Georgia. The, okay. Um, Kirk Cousins, like I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, every once in a while, you just get that one. You get that. <laughs> Will Levis is Will Levis. And that's what concerns me, Ashley. I'm, I promise you this. Um, until I retire talking sports, you'll always hear me say this about the quarterback position, mm-hmm. right? If I see a, a quarterback that's super muscular, mm-hmm. it scares me. Really? Yeah, too much muscle. I need you, like Tom. I so need if you, you had a, if you had a, if you had a, but okay, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. That's- Jimmy is. You, see, you're, look. I think where we're off. It's like there's one thing to be in shape and there's one thing to be like muscular and like looking like a. So you're like saying a, if you had a quarterback that was like a DK Metcalf, you'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Hell no. You don't like I'm good. He's going to be I'm like, good. <laughs> he going to be like this. Ugh. I need somebody just smooth. Like you need someone know. with more agility. Yeah. Think about a, a, a golfer. That's quarterbacks train like golfers. They don't train like football players. So when we walk in a locker room, mm-hmm. we'll have our own little workout. And they're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning might be in the corner doing shit like this, mm-hmm. like and, you know, and then taking tennis balls or balls, uh, um, uh, weighted balls. I don't know if y'all want to make me pause the brill. I need to pause no, that. we don't okay. pause that. And throwing it against the wall and just working on his shoulder stability and mobility and strength. So, um, yeah, I don't want a quarterback looking like DK Metcalf. Please, Interesting. No. Give me a quarterback. So how like, far muscular can a quarterback, quarterback be? Looking like Britney Spears. That's what I want. Britney Spears. I want a Britney Spears. That's her insane. Trunk. Did you ever seen her trunk? Her what? Her mid level is strong. She's strong. You see her dances that she's doing? <laughs> putting her leg up. Yo, you gotta have a strong core to do that. That's where the, the throws is. You seen Dak doing his hip mobility? Oh my god! <laughs> Yo, I, 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 all right. Um, 
Britney Spears. You want your quarterback? That is a quote. Yes. I want my quarterback built like hey, Britney. Let's, let's put a picture of Fitz, uh, 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, <laughs> in the side by side. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Britney Spears, very similar. What? Very similar. <laughs> Brady, you are so out of pocket right now. You just said Ryan Fitzpatrick and Britney Spears had the same body. Kyle Orton. Oh my goodness. I said, what the hell is this? But I, but I, I, it didn't it didn't dawn on me back then. I'm like, oh, they can't they can't have all those muscles. No. <laughs> how how muscular can a quarterback be without it being in dangerous territory of him not being able to be an efficient put, quarterback? Put it like this: like is Cam put, Newton put, the cutoff, or was Cam, Cam Newton I, even too much to one Cam side? Cam Newton is like like I said, Cam Newton is like a. It's crazy. We just did something in Atlanta to, together, and we both looked at each other. He's like. You play wide receiver? And I was like, you play quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Like, every once in a while, somebody comes along and just like, how are you playing this position? But um, I will say this. Right around, I'll, I'll come in, when I used to play, I would come into um, training camp right around 10% body fat, 9% body fat. Mm -hmm. um, and then about time I hit October, I'm at 6% body fat. Now I'm ready to go. Like, it's over. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Where I, I don't want no quarterback at 6%. I don't want no quarterback at 7% body fat. So you okay? want like a That's Big Ben elite, elite. type? No, I want my quarterbacks to be right around. Give me a quarterback 11 to 14% body fat. That's what I want. I want to be able to look. I want to see some rolls. <laughs> I want to see some rolls, but then when I poke your stomach out, like your core. You what got the core, is happening? You got the core, like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you rolls poking stomach, so roll, you want the Pillsbury Doughboy? A little roll, but that doesn't mean your core is not crazy strong. I just okay. And grip feet. You gotta have some feet in the pocket. Look, 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 look! Oh, they gave me try to look. Look at Britney. Look, this is what I want. This is what I need. Does Britney look like? Uh, uh, uh. Give me somebody that looks crazy. Um, what, what, what player in the NFL they like? If Sauce Gardner. Like, if you see a picture of Sauce Gardner or Patrick Sertain, you're going to see six-pack. Hell, you're going to see a 12-pack. You're going to see all this definition. Like, I don't want that on my quarterback. This is perfect. Britney Spears looks amazing. She doesn't look amazing to you? She looks great. That's she what I'm great. saying. I... But, but you wouldn't say that she uh, looks like, uh, you know, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, like, she got six-pack. She don't have a six-pack? I get. I mean, I, I don't remember like the last. Yes, I, I'm uh, sure, but Bernie does. She has a toned stomach. She looks like yes, she has some saying. definition. I don't. Know. I. Oh my god. Why is this? I don't think that she looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick though. Well, he, we we ain't show Ryan Fitzpatrick with a shirt off. Go maybe pull up the picture of Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, when he had his shirt off when he had the chains on. Was that the picture? There I think so. A, there might be a picture out there with his shirt off, and you'll see. <laughs> um, somebody in the chat said this is why Brandon Marshall loved him some Jay Cutler. Jay, Jay came in uh, too muscular. Did he? Yes, and then about time he he woke up, and then we got about time we got to Chicago. Yeah, Jay, I'm looking like boy, you ain't got no definition. <laughs> but his arm was still amazing. He started learning. Smoking Jay Cutler, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody said Britney Spears was is built more like a linebacker than a quarterback. Y'all tripping? Don't disrespect uh, 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 Britney, and we ain't body shaming no women. 
We you body shaming the I'm men. Not bo- I'm, I'll body shame a man, <laughs> but I'm not body shaming a woman because they'll cancel your ass even on YouTube <laughs> and serious sex if you talk about the wrong. He said, people. I will body shame the hell out of yeah, a man. Yeah, straight up. I was listening to Breakfast Club driving in this morning, and Charlamagne, he does the donkey of the day thing, and he was like, uh-huh. he was like, uh, apparently this guy, uh, Liam Brown, um, had sex with a cow. Okay, so he, that was his donkey of the day. Like a... But but basically what Charlemagne was, was saying... Was he calling a woman a cow or with, no, like an actual cow? No. Like an animal? He had sex with a, a cow and now he's going to jail. Okay? So Charlemagne, that was his donkey of the day, but Charlemagne's like, it's time to get back to shaming. That's what he's basically saying. It's like, you know, we live in a sensitive world now, but can I shame? Can I shame this guy? I'm going to shame this guy. So he told the story of Liam. There you go. Look at that. It's the same. Look at the arm. Brandon, look right by the you arm. are so look out right of pocket, the, Look dog. at the under armpits. And sorry for everybody that's listening on the radio right now because we're on SiriusXM, Faction Talk Channel 103 is Brandon and Ashley. And we're looking at a picture of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Britney <laughs> just, Put that back up there. Put that back up there. This, Brandon. Emma, how far off am I? And this you're is, so far off. This is so disrespectful, Brandon. They don't look remote, they don't remotely close to the same body type. Look at the under armpit. <laughs> Brandon, the, it's because her sports bra is tight. It's in the back, but this, that's not even. Come on, and now. this is and this is Ryan Fitzpatrick in the off season. You know what I mean? So you know, listen, it's close, close enough. I just, I okay. <laughs> they say I'm tripping. <laughs> I'm tripping. All right. Sometimes I just don't know how to communicate the right way. I be on track, but sometimes I just can't communicate in a way for y'all to understand. You know, walking in a locker room for 13 years and seeing these quarterbacks, and it's like, uh, what someone said that Brittany looks like she will form tackle the f out of you. That, but think about it. You, you, me for body shaming her. I ain't messing with Brittany. <laughs> okay, I listen. I ain't messing with Brittany. Like someone Brittany. said, "Are you on moon rocks today with them glasses? Is the full moon? What's going on? Did it you check? Did, did you see the blue night. moon last night? Did you yep, check it out? I seen it, but there was clouds covering it from where I was. Man, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in, I'm on an island, and I had a I'm, perfect. View I got from the my best house. view of the moon always, and tonight, man, that shit was covered. <laughs> oh no, I had a fantastic view. I have a video of it of, of everything. It was beautiful. Um, Next one won't be until 2037, so hopefully you guys got a That's chance crazy. to check it out. That's where the saying comes, once in a blue moon. Oh, why didn't you tell me that yesterday? I I, I don't know. It didn't come, dawn on me, but that's where the saying comes from, once in a blue moon. Oh, because my goodness. blue moons are so rare that when you say once in a blue moon, it means something's rare. See that? This is our environmentalist, Ashley Nicole Moss. Um, influencer, can we call you an influencer? <laughs> no. You can see her on uh, Tommy Hilfiger campaign. <laughs> she's getting into beauty with the uh, hair care and the skin care. More exciting news. And she's also in the environment. Um, she cares about. Are you, you? Would you consider yourself a tree hugger? Oh, for sure. I in my house we. Res- <laughs> Fun fact: This is about me and my, and my mom's in the chat. She can attest to this. Damn! So this is the first time I heard mom's in the chat. No, my Mr. mom's Jeff. always in the chat. Where's she under? She's she's. I don't know. She's always in the chat though. What's up? We you know, She got an alias. No, she got a burner. It's Patty Moss. Wherever you can see it, it's in there somewhere. But listen, I as a little girl would make my parents. You know, like when you get the um sodas, like the six packs. Yes. I would make my parents cut. 
the plastic that comes around the six pack and I would have them cut it to the point where there were no more circles or holes in the, the in the hole for the turtles and, and the fish and things because they would get wrapped around yes. like turtles and, and fish and stuff and it would, it would suffocate them basically in the water. So I, from the time I was like 10, um, would make my parents cut it. So right. I've always been very like environmentally like acute, just a tree hugger, if you will. Um, Let me ask you this question. I'm very big on that. On. Yeah. Because you seem, okay, I understand that. Uh -huh. Your dog, Cooper Poops. Cooper, yeah. Cooper Poops. Uh-huh. Do you pick it up or you leave it there? No, I pick it up. You seem like somebody leave it there. That's disgusting. You look like someone. You definitely left. No. You left Cooper's poop outside. I've today. never done that. That's disgusting. That's gross. Like, pick up after your dog, people, because if I step in your dogs, you know what? We gonna have a problem. Um. All right, we're going to go ahead and... Keep it moving, because Colts GM Chris Ballard needs a history lesson, apparently. Listen, when speaking on the four-game absence of Jonathan Taylor due to the running back being placed on the pup list after the team fails to find a desirable trade for him, Colts GM Chris Ballard said he doesn't think the running back's absence will hinder quarterback Anthony Richardson's growth. He said, quote, did it stunt Andrew Luck's growth without a special back? Well... Kinda. Well, here's the video. Take a listen. Uh, do you think that stunts Anthony's growth or hinders his early development? Not have Jonathan next to him. Well, look, when you don't have a great player, I mean, but I don't think it stunts his growth. No, not at all. But it helps. I, but it doesn't. I mean, I don't know. Did it stunt Andrew's growth without a special back? So, um history lesson much i think that yeah. you can kind of say that it did stunt andrew luck's growth not having a special back because he retired a lot earlier than he probably would have right. due to what injury how do you prevent injuries from your quarterback you run the football right. how can you run the football with a running back right. so i don't really know what version of of andrew so, luck's career he's referring to right so ashley there's a lot here mm -hmm. um the first thing I would say is this is not a Chris Ballard GM uh, situation. Mm -hmm. It is an owner Jim Ursay situation. It's clear that he is the one uh, that is leading the charge around how they operate and do business with the running back. If you're a running back, I repeat, if you're a running back, do not go to Indy. I like Chris Ballard. I think he's one of the – the best football minds that we have ever seen. I think he's excellent at it. If you, this quarterback gets it done, okay, you'll see this team as contenders year in and year out. That's how much I believe in Chris Ballard. Mm -hmm. But if you're a running back, do not go to Indy. The way the Ursay family views the running back position Ooh. is like how some dudes view the side chick. You're never going to get a ring. Okay, let's go back in history. Oh, Marshall Falk, is he a Hall of Famer? He is a Hall of Famer. Did he get a second contract? He did not. So what makes you think you're going to get a second contract? Okay, but if you want to be the side chick and go there for a couple years, then that's fine. But if you want to be the, the, the main, don't go there. Let's fast forward to when they when they when they when they let Marshall Falk go when they traded Marshall Falk they went in the draft in the first round and who did they pick? Adrian James was he a Hall of Famer? Did he become a Hall of Famer? He did, but how did they approach him and do business with him? 
Did, they, did he ever get the ring? No, he did not. He played his rookie deal through, and then he got tagged, and then he was let go. Well, free to go into the market. Everybody else can have you here for everybody else. That's what they did. And then when they let him go, they went and they invested in another high draft pick in Joseph Adai. That's what they did. So if you're a running back, don't go there. And, and, and here's what I would say, Ashley. The last thing I would say is I don't think that Jim Ursay is wrong. This is how they do business because you got to look at the history of these owners and how they approach things. Mm -hmm. They're telling you their philosophies. They're telling you how they do business. They t they're telling you what they value. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're a zone blitz team, and they like to run a ball. That's what they do, mm -hmm. and they've been doing it forever. The Ro it starts from the Rooney family. The Ravens, they play amazing defense. Do you know how many defensive coordinators the Ravens have had over the years? And guess what? Their defense never changes. Why? Because the owner and, and Ozzie Newsome, who's now in a more of a leadership position at the general manager running the day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. but it's like, yo, this is our defense, Mr. Coordinator. The teams are telling you what, they, what they're into. The, the Patriots, they've been running the same offense for 20-something years mm -hmm. from day one. Mm -hmm. Now, do they have, like, new little wrinkles here and there? Absolutely. Special plays for special moments? Absolutely. But all these offensive coordinators that, that come and go, it, they're doing the same thing. And you go into the Bears, the Monsters of the Whip, Midway, the Chicago, not the Chicago, but the, the Dallas Cowboys. Right. They like stars. They like stars. So I say that because they're showing you exactly who they are. I don't think Jim Ursay is necessarily wrong, but you just got to know what you're getting into. They're going to draft you or they're going to have you. You'll do your thing. And then once it's time to pay you, they may tag you or they may let you go. Why? Because they've had, what, Peyton Manning for so long. Then they had Andrew Luck. That is their philosophy. We get a quarterback. We have all these pieces around us. And then a running back is disposable. And it's the same thing. Uh, the same approach that the, the Shanahan's have. Coach Mike Shanahan and now his son, Kyle Shanahan. That's their business. Yeah, I mean, I think the Colts over history, it's that saying when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And I think the Colts have shown that they value the quarterback position over the running back position, which I think a lot of teams do. But I think the difference is, is that they view running back so disposable that they don't most of the time even want to pay them after they've been drafted to the organization. Now, I will say the only difference that I would say between the Andrew Luck situation and the Anthony Richardson situation, Anthony Richardson situation is this, is that did it hinder Andrew Luck's growth as a quarterback? No, he still was a phenomenal quarterback, a great quarterback for while while he was playing, mm -hmm. when he was healthy. But I did think it hindered his career, yes. if that makes sense, because it hindered his health by byproduct, which shortened his career. So in a sense, he's right when it said it didn't hinder his growth, but he's wrong when looking at the bigger picture in that he probably would have played longer had he had a special back to take some of that load off of him and he didn't. Now, Anthony Richardson, people will say, well, he's a different type of quarterback. He's more of a running quarterback. True. So there may be some slight differences in right. how he's able to maneuver without Jonathan Taylor for the first four games. But this ideology that a quarterback and, you know, a special back are not intertwined with each other, regardless of what type of quarterback it is, yeah. I don't think is factual. And I think it's a, it's a crappy narrative to continue to push out there. Well, well, well one, I agree with you. Um, um, yes, but two, like Chris Ballard was put in a, a tough position and that's why I opened with, you know, this is a more Jim Ursay thing. 
Chris Ballard has been quiet this whole time. Chris Ballard has a phenomenal uh, uh, reputation throughout the entire NFL. And what I mean by that, from owners down to players, mm-hmm. right? Like people respect Chris Ballard, how he conducts himself. So now it's your time to sit at this, the podium and mm-hmm. answer questions and you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. And you say something like this because Ashley, you are right. And I would actually maybe push back just a little bit on maybe it maybe it it, it, it it held him back in both categories, right? Because if you do have a running back, it's going to make everything better. Easier, You too. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, was Andrew Luck phenomenal? Yes, he was. But could he have been better if he had a, a running Absolutely. game? Absolutely. They had nothing around this guy. No offensive line, no running game. So, you know, um, it definitely hurt. It right. definitely hurt Andrew Luck. For, for sure. sure. And, Chris, again, history lesson. Not only did Andrew Luck not have a special back to take the load off of him, but you guys gave him a crappy offensive line that had him getting his bell rung every single time he touched the football. So not only are you rewriting history in terms of Andrew Luck and his dependency on a running back or lack thereof, you're also forgetting the team didn't give him an offensive line, which is also highly important when you have a quarterback who's getting smacked around like a rag doll all the time. Like, I don't understand. And and, and let's take the Colts out of it. Let's take Andrew Luck out of it. Let's take just an elite running back out of it. I think good ball is having a strong running game, Mm -hmm. right? So even if you... Like, even Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's of the world, if you don't have a running game that mirrors the passing game or there's continuity between the two, you make the passing game harder. Mm-hmm. There's only a few quarterbacks, and there's only been a few quarterbacks in the history of our game that's been able to just say, we're getting it done throwing the ball. But one of the reasons why Lamar Jackson and the Ravens struggled um, in the passing game is because it was two different offenses. Mm-hmm. The passing game felt like spread and dink and dunk. And then the running game was so – it was power. It was so efficient. So when you try to do play action and, and boots and keepers, people are like – it was like you never did anything look like this. And, and, and I'm trying to give a lot of football in a short time, but it's hard. But basically what I'm saying, Ashley, if our running game – if I do this 20 times, this is my running game, mm-hmm. 20 times. Okay. Now, if I go like this and pull it mm-hmm. and then run out and then throw it, mm-hmm. right? What happens is that secondary, that second level, those linebackers, maybe mm-hmm. those safeties that's up, they come up to the line of scrimmage, which creates a huge void behind. So what we're doing on offense is we're showing you one thing. We're showing you one thing. We're getting you guys to come up into the line of scrimmage, to come attack the run, and then we'll pull it out. And then right there behind you guys, there's these huge voids. But when it doesn't connect, Right. So I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden I try to do a, a, a boot and I actually run all the way over here like a fake. The, the linebackers like, I don't know what that is. And they just sit there. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a, a relationship, uh, a great relationship, a healthy relationship with any quarterback and mm-hmm. any offense if you want to be efficient. Before we move on from this this conversation, I mean, let's dive into a little bit Anthony Richardson. Where we keep talking about quarterbacks and comparing quarterbacks that once were in the Colts organization. We mentioned Peyton, obviously Andrew Luck, Anthony Richardson. What are we expecting from him overall, but specifically these first four games without Jonathan Taylor? I think Anthony Richardson can be special. Ashley, we don't we really don't know who he is, right? Like he didn't have this big career at Florida. You know, mm-hmm. he's a, a we we do know he's a super talent maybe uh in that space when you're like 
you know, Cam Newton, you mentioned Cam mm -hmm. Newton, even Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson brings something different to the table. So you know he has that. Um, you know, there was something interesting that came out yesterday or two days ago. Josh Allen said that he did some type of, you know, digital footprint of his mechanics, and it totally changed how he plays ball. And Anthony Richardson was the only one that did it, and he said you can see how his form, like how amazing his form is, right? And, and the reason why I say that is because we know that he can run the ball. We know mm -hmm. that he's a freak athlete. But if this dude's able to get it done like a Josh Allen through the air as well, where there's games where he throws for 300, 400 yards, mm -hmm. look out. Look out. Like, that's who that's who his comparison is, is Josh Allen. So when you think about Anthony Richardson, I'm not thinking about Cam Newton. Cam Newton, who I love, and he had an MVP year in 2015. Cam Newton, I think the the, the best year he had was a, a 3,000 yards through the air. Mm -hmm. That's it. Cam Newton was dynamic because he got it done in so many different ways. He was Superman. Anthony Richardson, to me, could be Josh Allen, getting it done on the ground and also having games. Wow, where big he comparison. Yes, where he, where he throws for 300, 400. He does have exceptional arm talent, though. That was one of his pros. And coachable. Yeah. And coachable. It seems like a great person. So, like, I'd rather compare him to Josh Allen than to Cam Newton any day. Okay. Well, time will tell. Football officially starts in a week and some days from now. Brandon, I know you've been waiting a very long time for this to come back around. Football season, NFL season we, kicks uh, off after Labor Day weekend. Thursday night football. We are back. Um, we're going to continue in the world of football. And I know the chat can't wait to start getting riled up about this one because we're going to talk Dallas Cowboys football, everybody. Yay. What you going for, clicks? The chat hates when we talk about the Cowboys. No, they don't. They absolutely do. They say we talk about the Cowboys way too much. Um, we talk about the Cowboys they less say, than anybody else podcasting or doing uh, sports. I promise you, read the comments as I um, mention right. this next story. They are not going to be thrilled about this one. But I digress. Here we go. Can you stop giving them disclaimers? I'm not a disclaimer. They're the going to hear it anyway. <laughs> every time we talk Cowboys, you got you like you tell them like, oh, we look, 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 look. read the comments. Boo. Oh, Lord. Oh, da, 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 da. Listen. Yeah. Yes, we do. Boo. <laughs> Golly. Yes, we are. We're gonna we're gonna talk some Dak Prescott for a second. Oh, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. They the Cowboys are the most hated and the most loved team in America. This there you is go. crazy. <laughs> we gotta talk about the Cowboys. What y'all talking How about? How about them Cowboys? You know what? See what Dak do? I think next week I'm going to come to the show. I don't know what day. Probably maybe Thursday. Mm -hmm. The last, the first day of the NFL season. I'm going to come to the show in a Cowboys jersey just to piss y'all off. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I don't know which jersey I'm going to wear. Maybe, maybe CD Lamb and maybe Dak Prescott. No. I, no. Maybe. Oh, no. Deuce. I, I can't bring out Zeke. Deuce. I don't have, I don't have a Deuce Vaughn. We got to get one. Okay. Well, I'm going to use one that I already have in my closet and I can't use Zeke because I'm he's no longer you. a Cowboy. I'm we may be in Dallas this Sunday. I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do my my uh, my CD or my DAC. But in the meantime, listen, is Dak Prescott the most overly criticized quarterback in the NFL? Listen, everybody hates Dak Prescott apparently, but should they? The Dallas Cowboys currently are averaging 29.9 points per game with Dak Prescott since 2019. Now, this is the highest PPG among all teams and quarterbacks during that span. And we still have national media members and fans like the people in the chat believing that Dak Prescott 
is not good. Brandon, you once upon a time had a conversation on this very show comparing Dak Prescott to other elite quarterbacks in the NFL and made a case that the hate is not warranted based on the numbers. So go ahead. So at the end of the day, what are we trying to accomplish, right? We're trying to win games. That's number one. Um, We're trying to be productive and do our job. And so, um, you know, the, 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 the best way for us to look at who is actually being productive, who's winning games, is looking at the numbers, right? And mm-hmm. so, yes, um, Ashley, uh, probably a couple months ago, I, I just said, let me, let me look at, you know, Dak's numbers compared to Ben Roethlisberger's, uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. And what you saw through the first eight years is his numbers right up there with the greats. Mm-hmm. And then also, I, saw, I was watching uh, Kimberly Martin this morning, and and, and 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 she was like, "Yeah, we talk so bad about Dak Prescott, but if you look over the last ten years, who's been you know the most efficient uh, at the quarterback position? He's like fifth behind Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and like one or two others, but all like retired legends." future Hall of Famers, or the best in the game right now. So look at Dax. Look at it. What do you want? What else do you want? Like, yeah. what do you want? What, like, what, what, they want what his blood and his unborn child. But 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 I will say this, though, Ashley, right? Because people like the Cowboys, the Cowboys, and it's like people talk about, well, when you talk about the Cowboys, you get more views, right? So, like, maybe that's it. When when Because he's the quarterback of the Cowboys, it just comes with that. You know, it's like this particular uh, uh, quarterback position, you know, because nobody else is getting talked about like this. But it's insane. I would love to have a quarterback like Dak Prescott. I had I had 18 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, I had uh, Tyler Thigpen. You know, I had uh, Kyle Orton. I had so many guys. I had guys with two, three ribs, like, broken, like, trying to throw me the ball. Look at the completions through the first seven seasons, excuse me. And then look at Drew Brees. Well, look at Ben Roethlisberger. Look at Tom Brady. Then go to yards. Look, I'll at, play. look at this. Look at hold on, hold on one second. Let's really sit here a little bit, Ashley. Please mm-hmm. look at touchdowns. He got more touchdowns through the first seven years than freaking Drew Brees. Than Drew Brees and and Ben Roethlisberger. And he's behind Tom Brady. Tom Brady the goat. We'll discuss that later. But come on, man, give it a break. I can talk about this forever, Ashley. But come on, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because I'm oh, on. Lord. I'm on your. I'm on your are you, side. Are you a cow? Are you a cowboy? No, no, no. Not? It is my job as a journalist to play devil's oh, advocate here. You here. Go with this. Okay, but I am on your side. You know, nobody in this world rides harder for Dak Prescott than your girl. I that is my exactly QB. That's go. my QB one. Oh, and then the interceptions, Ashley. Oh, he throws the ball low. He pre turns the ball over so much. Please low. Uh, 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 take out the lower third really quick, BC. Please. And then I'm sorry for cutting you off Ashley mm-hmm. but that's the biggest one I ain't even hit that <laughs> Tom Brady threw more interceptions than Dak Prescott in the through the first seven years and Drew Brees come on give me a break listen I, I, I am not me. I'm not trying to debate you I'm just gonna play devil's advocate you already know I ride for my QB one what what T.O. say that's my quarterback <laughs> that's my quarterback that's me when we talk about Dak Prescott but a pushback will be when you look at the numbers of these guys, absolutely right. Dak Prescott statistically is aligned with all of these guys, right? I'm agreeing with you there. The pushback has always been, what did Drew Brees, Big Ben, and Tom Brady do in their first seven they seasons? They won a Super Bowl. All right, then let's talk about that then. Let's talk about that then. But, 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 here, but okay, that's great. All right. 
So what's the alternative, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, general managers out there? Everybody who think they know everything, what's the alternative? You want to go in the draft and go get Johnny Manziel? You want to go in the draft and go get Baker Mayfield? You want to go in the draft and go get... Uh, uh, come on, we go on and on, all these busts. What is the alternative? He put you in position to win. That's all you want. Ashley, I'm, I'm glad she's playing devil advocate, devil's advocate. But Ashley, didn't you say, and I ain't even going to give you this type of energy right now because you're just trying to... Make sure our viewers. No, see. give it to me. What did I say? No, 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 no. Because no. I was gonna come at you like we were really debating. We're not. You're just trying to show, have a balanced conversation. Because this is a this is an important part. Yeah, of the tell me what I said. I can go ahead and what did I say? Did he keep uh, Jared? Uh, the, what's his name? The coach? Oh, absolutely. Did, did he keep Jason Garrett? Uh, Here's uh, Jason ten Ga years longer than he's. My pushback has always been, and we have the, we have had this conversation multiple times, and we had this conversation. I remember when we were still on only on radio. With all the guys, we had this conversation. I understand that the quarterback gets the glory and the quarterback gets the criticism. But when you actually dive into it, and I know it's fun to blame the quarterback and say he sucks, he's a right. bust, he's not a winner. It's fun. It's clickbait. I get it. But if you're going to go ahead and actually have an intelligent, well-rounded conversation about statistics as a player right. and lack of wins as a player, you also have to look at the whole picture. Yes, and right. for a, a portion of Dak Prescott's career, I'm not blaming, I'm not taking blame away from him because there has been times right. that he has not performed to the way he should have when it counts the most. And that is what? In the postseason, in the playoffs, right? The numbers don't lie. The record yep. does not lie. Right. We can't also ignore the fact that football, much like basketball, is a team sport. Right. A lot has to go right for things to happen. You have to make sure your offense is going right. You have to make sure your wide receivers are catching passes. You have to make sure your defense is doing your job. You have to make sure you have the right head coach so, in play. You have to make sure your defensive coordinator is making the right calls. Your offensive coordinator is making the right calls. So I get it. It's fun. It's sexy. It's polarizing to only blame Dak Prescott. But right. if we're going to have a conversation about Super Bowls and wins and losses and compare him against Drew Brees and Big Ben and Tom Brady, we have to look at the whole picture and those guys that I just named did not win Super Bowls by themselves. So, so, so yes, Ashley, I need to jump in the chat more. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Cook. Uh-oh, here we oh, go. Oh, so now Dak ain't never had great players around him, B. Marsh? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Is that Blue how you cap? think it sounds? That's how the King Cook. Okay. Uh, King Cook. <laughs> Brandon Marshall, Ashley Nicole Moss, sitting here live on Sirius XM. That's your topic, paper round. Yo, y'all know I can't read. <laughs> y'all know I can't. Y'all know I can't read. They used to ask me, bro, what's, what's your major? I'm walking around campus, bro, what's your major? I'm majoring in football. <laughs> like hey, Bobby yo. Boucher? Yeah. Mama said, no, mama my, said, foosball's the no, devil. No, stop playing into the stigma, but my, my, my coach definitely, my high school coach, right before I was about to take off, we were on the track and we running. Um, we training, right? Getting ready to go to UCF. And shout out to UCF tonight. We got a big game tonight. Yeah, UCF. Golden Knights run on to the field with your spirit. Well, number year. But anyways, um, right before I'm about to go to UCF, uh, Darnell Harrison look at me. Showtime. And he's like, bro, what you going to major in when you get to school? I'm like, Football. I'm thinking, no, computer engineering. Oh, cool. He's like, computer engineering. 
And he looked at me like this. He said, let me tell you a story. <laughs> he said, I was in the same situation before I was about to take off the, the school. And mm-hmm. my mentor looked at me and asked me the same question. Mm-hmm. And I said, business. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and said, boy, your major football. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, it's just a cool little story. Resetting. Uh, King Reset. Cook. There you go. King, King Cook. Pause. <laughs> he said, oh, so now Dak ain't never had great players around him. B Marsh, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, blue cap. Okay. So basically that's saying, you know, that generation that I'm capping. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So the year Dak snapped his ankle. There, they were averaging 500 yards a game. Dak Prescott was phenomenal. What happened on the other side? And this has been the problem up until literally the last two years of mm-hmm. Dak's run. The defense wasn't better than UCF's defense. Trash. Uh, that's true. Trash. Trash. Like they were giving up. 800 yards a game and I'm just that's cap I ain't do my research on that part of the argument but that's been the problem in Dallas man I used to lick my chops uh going down there to play or them coming to me why because I knew I was gonna have 100 something yards in them and maybe two touchdowns too easy too easy that defense that remember I was saying earlier how these owners you know they stick around for a long time they have their philosophy they've been trying to play this defense the same way and you getting one-on-one coverage you want all the smoke. So, yes, Dak has had players around him. So, defensively, they had stars, okay? Offensively, they had some players. They had some dogs. But, man, if your you're, you're defense play the way they play, you don't got no chance. I am sorry. I am sorry. So, yes, Dak has had players around him. But, you know, they finally got it right. And that's where the, pre- the pressure is on Dak right now. Because this defense is not, ooh, I like this defense. That's why I got them coming out the NFC, Ashley. Defense is nice. I like this defense. Dan Quinn, hey, Jerry Jones, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. Because Dan, Dan Quinn probably out of there after this year. And chill, then, chill, chill. That's our future head then, coach. And then on the offense, you brought in uh, the um, Archer. You brought in Archer. And then you got C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other receiver y'all got? Gallup. Gallup, Michael Gallup. Ooh, Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. And then you got the rookie of the year, future rookie of the year, Deuce Vaughn. And you already got who at the running back position? Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. All right. I'm done. I digress. <sighs> well, football season's a week and some days away. Next week, you will see me front and center. And you know what? I might just wear multiple Cowboy jerseys in the week just to piss y'all me off. Too. I'm going to go Dak one day, CD the next day. I might even Why bring you? out a vintage Des Bryant just to spice things up a little bit. Maybe every day a different Cowboys jersey. Call my bluff. I dare you. Anyway, we're going to talk some NBA real quick before we get into a football topic to close out the show Richard Sherman is certainly making his mark on undisputed and not always for the better in this case (laughs) not for the better on today's episode of FS1's undisputed Richard Sherman had the bright idea that the Lakers and Bucks should discuss a swap between Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Twitter had some things to say roll that clip we talking about Giannis, so right now I got to keep it a buck. You see what I did there? Mm. Um, in Lakerland, yeah. you got to be a superstar. Like, if there's a top 20 player available, 
at any point in time in the Lakers' history, they're going to be involved in it. There's so many jerseys hanging up in the rafters. There's so much history. Great big men. LeBron had to come. He talked about why he came, because of the star power in L.A. Kobe Bean Bryant, rest in peace. Star power in L.A. If there's a great player, we're going to be involved. But you know what I think is going to happen? Because he got two years. You saying this, Giannis, nobody wants to come to Milwaukee as is. So now you're saying, I may not even be here? How are you going to expect another superstar to come commit to a future with you? But you know what you're doing? You're alerting the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, might be time to move me early. And what do the Lakers have that they can move? Anthony Davis just signed a contract. Their numbers probably match up just right. And it's the kind of thing Rob Palenka would do. You can't do it till December because he just signed an extension. Mm. But what, is that something that could happen? Giannis and LeBron James, there's potential there. I'm not, I'm not saying it could happen. I haven't heard anything. I don't know anything. But I'm just saying, in Lakerland, that's the kind of stuff we expect. That's the magic dust. Because if they traded for Giannis, mm-hmm. that'd be the kind of move that gets them ahead of what, you know, potentially losing him for nothing later on. You get Anthony Davis, another great player in the National Basketball Association. LeBron gets to play with arguably, the debatably, the best player in basketball right now, uh, again. And you get more star power in L.A. I think it makes sense Whether for Whether he come now or later, we certainly will take right. it. Well, Richard Sherman, you got a few things wrong there, my guy. First of all, um, that trade can't happen in December because Anthony Davis signed a contract extension and he would not be eligible for a trade until February 2024. So that makes things a little complicated. Also, um, there's no way in hell (laughs) that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to trade the two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, world champion Giannis Antetokounmpo, to the Los Angeles Lakers for Anthony Davis, who, when he is great, he is absolutely fantastic. He is phenomenal. He is one of the best when he's available, (laughs) when he's healthy, which we know throughout the course of a season is very hit or miss. So if I were the Milwaukee Bucks and you called me from the Los Angeles Lakers front office and said, hey, let's swap guys, I would hang up the phone a lot quicker than probably you've ever been hung up on in your life. That is asinine. I wouldn't even lose sleep over it. I wouldn't even consider it. I wouldn't even bat an eyelash towards it. It's not happening. You don't trade a consistent player for a great yet inconsistent player. It's not happening. Not today, not tomorrow, and not February 2024 when Anthony Davis would actually be eligible for a trade. Mm, Ashley. That's why you her. I'm gonna tell you that because I was I, I was literally like I went when listening to Richard Sherman, I was like, "Bravo!" It's hard for a football player to go up there and talk that talking basketball. Uh-huh. Y'all witness all basketball season. I got cooked. You cooked me. I'm like, "Yo, Richard Sherman did a phenomenal job." So I was about to come out here and, and, and stand alongside of my guy, you know. But hey, I, you know what they say? I'm with you when you're right. I can't be with him on this one. Um, because those are big facts. You got to know your stuff when you're up here and, and you got a camera and a mic in front of you, you know, and, and, and you, you got to be on point. And so Richard put himself in a tough spot. But I, I think he got a chance to talk some high-level basketball. As you talk about hanging up the phone uh, extremely fast, somebody asked that trade. Do you think this is worse than what the Colts wanted from the Dolphins, right? Like, 
Uh, 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 they, they, you know, they said, all right, we want, we want Jonathan Taylor, but we, we, you know, you got to give us, uh, Jalen Waddle. Waddle. Is that worse? No, it's not worse. <laughs> it's not worse at all because Jonathan Taylor, Jaden Waddle, Waddle are similar in age. Right. Um, it's, it's drastically different. I mean, you're talking about Giannis and Anthony Davis. And I said, when, when AD is on, he is on. He's, yeah. we, we say this all the time. He is a pivotal part of the Lakers and their win and loss um, and their wins and losses when he is on. But that's too inconsistent to trade one of the best players we have seen in modern basketball to the Lakers for. And also, let's be honest, like the Bucks aren't trading Giannis. He would have to leave. In free agents, uh, I, I, why would they? Why would? Why would they trade I him? Hate, I hate when you do that. You don't give the you don't give the players no power. Like you, you don't you you give no, the no, owners what I'm all saying the leverage. Is, I'm saying like he can like Giannis he, has already said that if he he won't resign, he's not going to leave. But he's not going to resign with the Bucks if they are not where they need to be to be competitive. Correct. So he he's he's made it clear he's not going to leave, but he's also not. 100% all the way in on re-signing if they are not where they need to be. So losing him in free agency is a very high possibility. Him being traded, yeah, I don't I don't, that's what that's I don't what I mean. see that. That's what I mean. That little gray area is where like, I'm like, damn, why are you you don't give the, the, the player no power? Situation James Harden was in and now and again, uh, Dame Lillard, the situation that Giannis in, like, and, and Joel Embiid. So you, you if, if Giannis wanted out, Let's say next year. You don't think he can get out? If he wanted out, of course he could get out. But he, I told him, he would, he would have to ask out. And he's already made it clear in so many ways that that's not something that he would do. Again, people change he that. He, he, people, he also said that he didn't. He wouldn't. He didn't want to leave. Remember, and everybody was talking about like the loyalty thing. And no, because he, he's a player from Africa. So this, he like, even this. said when he re-signed with the Bucks either last season or the season before that. He said multiple times he doesn't know if he will be a buck forever. He's made that very clear. He's won a championship in the city. He, they've they've tried to compete and be competitive for another one. It hasn't happened yet, but he's made it very clear. He's been very transparent that re-signing in Milwaukee may not happen. Mm -hmm. So I don't see Giannis as the type of player to force his way out before his deal is done. He seems to be someone who sees it through completely, but I don't think that means that he is not going to, if the time comes and it's time to decide where he's going, if he says this team is not in a space to compete and win another one, he 100% will leave. Mm -hmm. I just don't see that happening before that time. I think he will see through his deal. He okay. just strikes me as that kind of player. I could be wrong. Okay. Okay. I could be wrong. Okay. But we will we Richard will Sherman, see. But all right, let's take let's take the he, he missed on a couple of facts. That's why, you know, he put himself in a little bit. position. But but what do you This this adds you, to the whole football player basketball how do you think thing. I, how, well, narrative. that's just details. That's just details mm, of yeah. like, do you understand, you know, the <laughs> CBA over here and the rules and but not so much the rules with the business, right? Like when is the trade deadline, et cetera, et cetera. You don't think he did a good job like communicating though? No, his his point was infactual. Well, I mean, I'm saying like the art and science. The no, I mean, he speaks man. well. He's articulate. He, I mean, nobody ever doubted that. I mean, he's Ivy League educated. So no one's ever, you know, all pro Stanford, Stanford graduate. Is, Stanford is Stanford's Ivy, Ivy League. League. Yeah. So, I mean, sure. I'm I'm never going to come for Richard Sherman's articulation and, and intelligence. He's extremely he go to school, smart. Did he go to school? 
for school or did he go to school for football? I'm pretty sure he graduated. A lot of us graduated. No, but I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty stop, sure he. Let me, I, let me stop. No, no, but I, I'm pretty sure he graduated like well. Let Somebody fact stop, check me on that. The, I'm not gonna mess. I'm not gonna play in this thing where Richard Sherman is extremely. Smart. He's super smart, just like and Fitz. Think, that's why I said the the you know the the art and science of it, it's beautiful. Just like Fitz Magic, but he's I, smart I, too. Like for me, like day one, my since I was six, seven years old, I'm going to the NFL. That was my thought, and it wasn't until uh-huh. I was halfway through the league where I'm like, all right. You know, I'm more than a football player. This is not my purpose. This might be my platform, but it's not my purpose. And I feel like a lot of us struggle with that. You know, we'll transition here, but I feel like a lot of us athletes struggle with that, you know, and and that's why we struggle maybe post-career. A lot of us or some of us struggle post-career is because our identity is wrapped up in the sport, right? And it's like, no, you got to figure out who you are outside of the game. What What other interests do you have, hobbies, or what else do you want to create or build? Or work on so well listen just for everybody wondering richard sherman graduated from stanford in 2010 with a degree in communications with a 4.2 gpa which makes him salatorian um so he's ivy league educated graduated well, so, very well, intelligent well, lady in here someone in here said uh stanford is not so I'm pretty sure Stanford is Ivy League. Beagler 42. Stanford ain't Ivy League. Laugh out loud. Ain't Ivy League. I'm pretty sure Stanford's considered. Stanford is a high prestigious academic school, though. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Brandon, that was a nasty question. What was a nasty question? Over the ropes? Wrestling podcast? What did I say? Brandon really should be spearheading. A retreat center for athletes. Um, that's House of Athlete right here. <laughs> We're doing it. No, I was messing with you. No, I love that idea. We're working on that. We've been doing that. So for Stanford technically is not Ivy League, but they actually rank it better than Harvard. So okay. they're so not at. They're like him. They're not he, Ivy he League, but I thought I so thought Stanford was considered Ivy League. Let's hold Ashley Nicole Moss. No, I mean go out there and say, well, he can't <laughs> get trade. She she jump on my man because he say. You know, December they'll be able to trade, but it really is February, okay? And so now you call, you said Stanford. Ivy Stanford, League. Stanford should be Ivy League. The fact that Stanford and MIT are not Ivy League is actually kind of the, now, the now, only reason that they're not Ivy League is because they're not like the, the pretentious legacy like of Yale and Harvard and Columbia no, and things no, like no, that. No, don't do Princeton, that. Don't do that. Don't do Stanford's that. an extremely, yeah, it is. extremely, it is. It is. extremely high education institute just like mit you have to be a genius to get into those schools okay like a genius um but ucf should be uh ivy league (laughs) as well for for football because we got a game tonight that's right stadium's gonna be rocking ucf run onto the field with our spirit we'll never yeah we're we're screaming black go Victories are only cry. V I C T O R Y. Tonight our nights will shine. Oh, oh, nights. You don't know your your song. I do, but I'm not gonna sing that. I, a little bit. No, I refuse. Ah. Um, listen to close out the show today. We have a very interesting topic, um, and that is Joe Montana. You may have heard of him. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, just some, some quarterback. Yeah. Joe Montana says that Dan Marino is the GOAT, not 
Tom Brady. Listen, he said, quote, put Marino into today's game where he gets free release and his receivers, holy cow, weren't very big. Now these guys are 6'4", 6'5". I think Marino is probably one of the most unsung heroes of the game. People don't talk enough about him or realize the numbers that he put up during the time that he put them up. Montana goes on to say that Patrick Mahomes has the potential to surpass Dan Marino as the GOAT eventually. He says, quote, the things he does and is able to do are so different than what any other quarterback out there does who's out there. Now, we actually spoke to Lawrence Taylor once upon a time. And it's interesting that Joe Montana has Dan Marino as his GOAT because Lawrence Taylor, LT, told us that Joe Montana, not Tom Brady, is the GOAT. Check this clip out. We talk about GOATs and we talk about greatness. Some people have a very specific idea what that looks like, what that person looks like. You know, we talk about Tom Brady and outside of, you know, his recent personal issues, there hasn't been anything about Brady Right. That can make anybody say, but that's my point. Does not, do people acknowledge people the layers of greatness, and that greatness doesn't always come in one form, one no. persona, one look, one career, one lifestyle? That it can exist. It's a very broad spectrum of what right. that looks like. Is Joe Montana's still people... my man. He's still my man. I mean, let's just say, hey, a great quarterback stuff. Hey, I'm still with Joe Montana. I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not going with Tom Brady. Why? Tom man, listen. Tom Brady got all the rules on his side. You can't touch him. You know, he said, listen, <sighs> you can't touch him. If you hit him, if you breathe on him, they're gonna throw a flag. I don't understand how he drops back eight yards and he's sitting in a little cocoon and they're not sending people at him. Why Why did well, the defense not sending people? Now, let me tell you something. See, and that would have been a penalty because if, if, if I was playing, if I'm playing, I'm hitting him every, every play. I, listen, I, even if I had this pat on my ass, I was right, I was right there beside you. <laughs> All right. So we have the comparison of Joe Montana. Well, Joe Montana says Dan Marino is the GOAT, not Tom Brady. LT says Joe Montana is the GOAT, not Tom Brady. The general consensus is the OGs in the game don't think Tom Brady is the GOAT. Brandon, yes. you say he's the GOAT. He said You said there can only be one GOAT, and for yes, you sir. it is Tom Brady. What are Joe Montana and LT missing about Tom Brady's greatness? Well, it's the same conversation that we have in basketball. We just talked about you know comparing careers of Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And is there a disconnect clearly between, you know, this generation and the OGs that came before us, right? They, you know, we didn't see them play, right? In their era, you know, whether it's basketball or football, you know, they consider it tougher, you know, and they consider, you know, this era uh, more uh, like easier and softer, right? So I truly believe that's the disconnect. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I view this discussion uh, the same way I view the basketball discussion, you know, a, a difference between uh, the best uh, uh, and, and who's the greatest, right? Um, you know, Tom Brady, it's clear. Like, uh, uh, you had Joe Montana come out and do some amazing things, won four Super Bowls, three MVPs, you know, uh, just crazy. And, 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 and then you have Tom Brady. Tom Brady came along 
and shattered all of that. Seven Super Bowls, and I don't even know how many MVPs, but it's Tom Brady. Like, how, like there's, we, we can't even, to me, I, I, why is this even a debate? But now you infuse Dan Marino. Dan Marino was like that, but you got to understand, back then, we didn't throw the ball the way we throw the ball now. But Dan Marino, uh, I'm going to give you another name that people may not even think about. But Boomer Esiason, they were kind of the first guys to go into spread offense and throw it all around the field. Like, oh, forget, are we just going to play defense and run the ball three times in a row? Hell no. Like, they were the ones that opened it up. So when you think about them and, and, and you look at their stats, it's because they were like the first. And so Dan Marino was like that. But when it comes down, you know, greatness and who's the best, um, let's say who's the best. I think when it's all said and done, it's probably going to be Patrick Mahomes. But right now, to me, when you just take away the eras, like there's nobody that that played the that plays the quarterback position better than Aaron Rodgers to me. Mm-hmm. Like that, the like Aaron Rodgers. All right, and then it will be Patrick Mahomes. But now we're talking about who is the goat because you got to compare, you got to put all those things in there. It's always it's going to be Tom Brady for a very long time until somebody you know surpasses all the things that that he has done but it, and, and then look at this guy what makes tom brady tom brady what makes michael jordan michael michael jordan what makes serena williams uh serena serena williams and kobe bryant etc cetera, etc cetera? it's their mindset you put any of those athletes in any of these eras they're still going to be successful they're still going to be who they are so that's why I like you know this whole conversation is ridiculous to me dan marino was drinking every night Tom Brady was eating avocado ice cream. I mean, that doesn't really matter. It does matter because Michael Jordan was gambling. Yeah, it, and he played thirteen years. Right. So, what? It's mindset. It's killer instinct. Like, they're. they're I'm saying Michael Jordan coming to his air is still going to be successful. And the reason why I'm I, when I brought up avocado ice cream and that is because I'm comparing Dan Marino. Now I didn't go back to Michael Jordan. Dan Marino and Tom Brady. Who is the best? Who's the greatest? Whatever. And you know, you put Tom Brady, you put Dan Marino in his era. Yes, Tom, Dan Marino might be, he might be the Josh Allen of his era, but he ain't Tom Brady. Yeah, I, one thing I hate when, when we have these conversations, regardless across the board when it comes to various sports, is that people use era as a way to discredit what a player has done currently, right? So Tom Brady is... You know, one of the, the, the knocks against him is the era in which he played in and the rules were different and this was different and that was this different. That's the era he played in. That doesn't take away from his greatness. That mm-hmm. doesn't take away from his skill set. doesn't take away from the fact that the man has seven Super Bowl rings. Like, I understand that eras matter in terms of, like, really dissecting who could have played longer, who could have played in what era. But I don't think it defines greatness. That's why when people say, you know, I didn't watch Michael Jordan play, so I can't label him the GOAT. I don't think that's a fair assessment because that shouldn't stop you from doing your research. Now, whether or not he's your GOAT is a different story, but I don't know how you can not recognize the greatness of Michael Jordan just because just because he played in a different era or just because you yourself couldn't witness him play. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can take away from the greatness that is Tom Brady just because he played in an era that maybe benefited him as a quarterback differently than it did Dan Marino, differently than it did Joe Montana. The 
the greatness of Tom Brady would be there regardless. Now, would it have resulted in seven rings? Maybe, maybe not. He would still would have been the Tom Brady right, right. that he is if he played 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Greatness is not an era thing. The only thing that's an era thing is the logistics of the game. And I hate when people use eras and rules and regulations to take away from the accomplishments of a player. I just don't think it's it's fair. I don't think it's a fair assessment. You know what you just did? You just actually agreed with me. But you, I did. You did but, but but you tried to give me some, some stuff when I brought up Michael Jordan. No, no, no. That's what I was trying to say. I'm like, the mindset, like, what makes them who they are. Not just the mindset, mindset the skill set. They're going to be who they are in any era. You can't blame Brady for being born in, what, 1970, wherever he was born? Like, that's but not his some fault. Players, but like, some players, though, no, there are some players that that can't. Yes, there are some players who cannot, doesn't, doesn't, does not translate. Yes. It doesn't translate. Absolutely. It's some Like, for example, a LeBron would still be a great player right. in the 90s. Right. Some players' game translates, some players don't, but I think there are players whose greatness transcends the era which they play in, and Tom Brady is that player. I don't you care know, what era you're referring to. Tom Brady is the greatest. I know we probably run out of time, but you know whose game translate mm-hmm. in any era? Who? Ben Simmons. I bring that up because we haven't hit it all week. Remember, point he guard? Came out, ben Simmons, he came the out point- and said, you know, basically, what did he say this week? We'll have to save it for next week because we don't have time. Yeah. Can you end the show and then we finish the video? Do the thing that you did yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, This has been Paper Route. Another week of Paper Route on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, We appreciate you for listening and have a happy, healthy, and safe Labor Day weekend. Enjoy it. Eat some good food. Get comfortable. And we will see you next week. Bye. Now, can we keep the video going really quickly? Just take three, four minutes, five minutes to talk about this. What did Ben Simmons say? I don't have that quote in front of me, so I can't. Didn't he say he's like he's going to his his t- intentions are to dominate, not just come back, but to dominate the game or something like that. Um, I think that he said he would if he went against the player he was last year that he would kill him, and that he plans on being the Brooklyn Nets starting point guard. Right. So the reason why I brought that up because we were talking about games that tra- uh, translate. Um, I. You know, a lot of people got on him about his statement. I think it, to me, it's all mental for Ben, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think Ben is a um, a super talent. Mm-hmm. He's freakish, mm-hmm. right? What he can do at the at his size, right? Um, and if he's able to overcome the mental component, whatever that was, whatever was going on, then wouldn't his game continue to, like, when he continue to evolve and play at a high level, like the same thing that he was doing the first two, three years, right? You would assume so. Right. Because, like, you compare him to Magic Johnson, to Magic. That was his player comp. Player comp. Mm-hmm. Look at the statistics. First couple years. The first three years before he went off the, the rails. And then you look at Magic's overall. Mm-hmm. They're dead on. And I think for guys like Ben, and this is a you know a message for all athletes, and it's like you got to be yourself. You got to be comfortable for who with with who you are. But now we talk about okay, this era, we talk about you know you got to three and D, three mm-hmm. and D, three and D. Just you got to shoot. You got to shoot. Everybody got to shoot. Well, he's not a shooter. That's not his game. 
Like, just play your game, and you can still impact the game in a major way. Like, I'm going to give you 15, 16 points. I'm going to give you seven to eight assists, right? I'm going to give you seven to eight rebounds. You wouldn't want that on your team? For sure. Right. So, so I just wanted to talk about that, hit that before we go, because, you know, it's already out the news, but just my thoughts. I wish we talked about it Monday or Tuesday. I don't think it came out till yesterday. No, it was Monday or Tuesday he said that. Oh, Tuesday, yeah, where the Mark Spears profile right, came right, out. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. Well, it was cut day on Tuesday, too. We had to dive into that heavily. And we had an interview. And we had Caleb Plant. We've, hey, we've had a busy we, week. We had Jewel. We had Jewel Lloyd. It wasn't, we, didn't have enough, we didn't have enough time. Listen, guys, we want to thank you so much for tuning in for another week of Paper Routes. Um, like I said, it is Labor Day weekend, the last weekend of summer. This, this, signi- this signifies the closing of summer. I feel like summer came and went really quick. Does you feel like I that? Thought, I thought, no, because I, I remember I said I wanted to be a hot boy, have a hot boy summer. Did you have a hot boy Hell summer? Hell no, I ain't do nothing. Oh, damn. Well, I wait. Now, you, oh. you, you lucky you live in Miami, so you can like, you know, That's trash. summer's really never ending. But um, if you haven't already joined the I Am Athlete Fantasy League, go ahead and do that. We will be back next week, the week, the premiere week of the return of NFL football, everybody. So excited. I'll be showing up in my many different Cowboy jerseys. Y'all think I'm playing? I'm not. I'm showing up. Whether (laughs) current Cowboy, former Cowboy, every single day, you're going to see me in a different Cowboys jersey, and y'all going to deal with it. Y'all going to like it. Y'all going to absorb it. Football's back, boys. How about them Cowboys? Bye, guys. See ya. Have a good Labor Day.